0: Hello and welcome to Monumental where we sit down with entrepreneurs, leaders, visionaries and big thinkers making monumental change. Here's your host, Evan Holiday. Welcome back to Monumental. I'm your host Evan Holiday and today on the show we have the man Austin Zabak. Austin, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing excellent. How are you? Great, great. Glad to have you on the show. Really excited for today's episode. So Austin is the owner and founder of the Zabak Group. Uh, he started the Capital ATMs, A-Legacy Marketing, Cash for Houses. This guy is really doing it all. Uh, he's based in Arizona and really just crushing the game at a really young age. So I was like, man, we got to get Austin on the podcast and, and hear his monumental story. Uh, so let's just jump right in, Austin. Give the listeners a little bit about your background and, and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, I really appreciate you having me here, Evan, uh, and I'm excited to hopefully drop some knowledge for everybody. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to get into it. I suppose you'll, you'll ask me more questions as, as you kind of hear the, a little bit of the story. But the, the really long story short is, you know, I've, I've basically been an entrepreneur my whole life. And um, what I mean by that is I, I moved out or, or got kicked out, depending on who you ask in my family. Uh, Of my parents' house, and I was about seven years old, and I actually moved into my grandparents' um, garage. Uh, So you know, I was like seven or eight years old, moved into my grandparents' garage, and uh, you know, basically, I built like a wall, like we built a room in the garage, but it was in fact in the garage, still there actually. Um, (laughs) And uh, you know, my grandpa owned a pool company at the time, and so you know, obviously, we're here in Arizona; it's hot down here, it's the desert, and uh, what what better company to to, to do than owning a pool company? It was even better than like lawn mowing or, or whatever, you know. So um, that's what I started doing man. I started, you know, my grandpa showed me the ropes and um, next thing I knew I had, you know, I had a bunch of, of accounts and so I, you know, here I am 10 or 11 years old making thousand dollars a week, you know, all cash. Wow. And so, uh, you know, it was, um, it was, it was a lot of fun and then, then you know, obviously a lot happened and, uh, you know, just kind of over the years and here I am, you know, so yeah, I don't know how deep, but that's kind of where it all started, right? The, I, I, I was kind of not forced into being an entrepreneur, but you know that was something that was introduced to me very early on.
0: That sounds like a, an an amazing experience that you know kind of forced you to grow and forced you yeah. to learn how to sell and and get you out of your comfort zone at an early age. So so what was next?
1: Yeah, so at 15 the market crashed, right? So if you do the math, I'm 24 now. Uh, so that'd been like nine or 10 years ago. The market wasn't it wasn't doing good, and so uh, I actually sold the company at like 14 or 15 years old. And uh, I didn't make any money on it. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I just, you know, I, I had to get out of it. I got, I just basically, just off, I pawned all my accounts off to somebody else. And, um, and by the way, I had spent all of my money. So here I am 15 and, you know, cause it wasn't traditional, right? My, my grandparents, they never really told me, you know, I, there wasn't any rules. I didn't get grounded. Like I grew up in a garage and I, and I truly mean it when I say I did whatever I wanted. I mean, I really did. Like I had no, you know, if I had a question, they would give me advice, but they wouldn't just give me advice to give me advice. It was just, it was like we were friends. I was, I was friends with my grandparents, right? There was no real parental guidance there. And so uh, I had probably spent three or $400,000 in cash by the time I was 14 or 15 years old. And I mean, I had bought everything, right? I had, you just, I mean, you name it. I had it when I was a kid. I had every RC, helicopter, airplane, boat, truck, go peg, go kart quad, dirt bike. Like, you know, I was very outdoors, paintball gun, airsoft. I mean, I had every hobby a kid could possibly imagine. And I funded everything myself. My grandparents never had a lot of money. You know, um, they never had any right, they always had more month at the end of the money. And so, uh, you know, basically it was all me, right? And but, you know, here I am fifteen. I have no money. I might have five grand in the bank or something like that. And um, you know, but now I'm used to kind of living the good life or, or whatever you, you might call it. You know, obviously I'm younger, so I don't you know, not on a big scale, but but I did, you know, I had time freedom, right? I mean, obviously I went to school. I hated it. I got bad grades, but when I got out of school every day, I, I, I did my pool counts. I cleaned my pools and then I just kind of did what I wanted. You know, I'd stay out till 10 or 11 at night, come home to the garage. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a cool little setup out there. And so anyways, 15 years old, got my first job at a dry cleaners and uh, I hated it. I hated it, hated it, hated it. It was like 110 degrees in there every day. They had a big swamp cooler and uh, I probably worked there for like three or four months at, at, you know, I was making at the time is probably minimum wage is probably like $8 an hour or something like that. Uh, maybe even like seven, seven fifty. And so, uh, you know, here I am making minimum wage. And, and basically what happened for the next two years is I went job to job, to job, to job, right? So from 15 to 17, I really just hopped around. I mean, I, and I, I never stayed anywhere for longer than three months and I never got fired. I'd always quit. I was actually a very good worker because, I, I like to challenge myself so much, I was always one of the best workers, but I just hated it man i I, I probably had fourteen or fifteen jobs from fifteen to seventeen. I mean it was a lot you know and wow. so um, that's that's kind of what happened. I got into network marketing and and the story just kind of continues. you know network marketing really changed my paradigm uh, MLM network marketing for those people that don't know, but man, I was hanging out with Bob Proctor and and Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee back before Instagram was a thing you know, Grant Cardone back when you could get him on stage for $1,000. And, uh, you know, it, I, my, my mind was just like, you know, so, so expanded. And so my paradigm is what Bob Proctor would say, kind of shifted forever, right? Now, all of a sudden, I knew what time freedom looked like. And now I coupled that with understanding that, hey, there's no shortage of money, right? There's an abundance of money on the planet. You can make any amount of money that you want. Right? If you want to make a million dollars a day, it can be done. And guys that were just like me were doing it. And I saw that and that really, that really was, was day one for me. I was like, man, like this is it, right? And so um, I grew my organization to like, you know, 10, 10, probably like 10,000 people in my first network marketing company uh, all around the planet, right? And, um, you know, I got a Mercedes Benz paid for by the company and, and I was, you know, once again, I'm 17 or 18 years old and, uh, you know, just, just doing it big, man. I mean, a lot of my best friends are making four or $500,000 a month. You know, they were 22, 23 years old wearing, you know, $150,000 Rolexes and, and, you know, APs and stuff. And so it was just something else, right? And, and, you know, and it all came crashing down again, right? So here here I am again at, I don't know, 18 years old and, uh, you know, three network marketing companies later, four network marketing companies later, I'm hopping around and I kind of just get burnt out on the industry. I'm like, you know, it, it was a phenomenal industry that opened my eyes forever, but it just wasn't for me at that time. And so... Um, you know, I got another job, right? I got another job. It was like my 18th job at the time. And, uh, it, I was making like a probably 150 or 200 grand a year at this job, but it was just killing me, man. I was, I was cleaning, I was doing like AC stuff down here in Arizona. So I was driving a big box truck around and, but I was working seven days a week, 14 hours a day and hundred and, you know, you get up in an attic. I don't know if you, if you're in Arizona, but like, if you get up in somebody's attic where the air conditioning unit's at in the attic, it's like 170 up there in the middle of the summer, because yeah yeah, there's no, there's no air movement, right? It's just like the air is just dead air. And so, you know, you're balancing on two, two by fours, cleaning out this damn thing. And I'm just like, man, it, it, this just wasn't good. So, um, got into real estate, man. At 19, I, 19, I got into real estate. That's kind of, and that was the last job that I'd ever had was that, that AC job. Um, and so, yeah, you know, stumbled into real estate again, you know, I, I had at this point, you know, I had the drive. I've always had it since I was a little kid. I've had the mindset. I, I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really, I just needed the vehicle. Right. And so real estate was the vehicle at the time.
0: That's great, man. I've, I'm just taking notes. Cause you, you have such an interesting, unique story. I love it. Like, you know, how many people go up and down and up and down that many times before they're even 20? Like you've yeah. experienced a lot at a young age.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, man. And, and, you know, physically and mentally and, and spiritually, I mean, there's a lot more to it than just the financial aspect as well. Um, that I've gone through and I think it's important you know I think what you just said is very important a lot of people are focusing on the end goal but they don't want to they don't want to struggle right and I think I, I was blessed when people ask you know I say hey man I was blessed with the struggle earlier on than most you know I had to struggle far earlier and far more in my life in multiple different areas I mean I, at 15 I had a heart attack pulmonary embolism you know knee, wow. multiple knee surgeries um you know so so I've been there uh, and you know, it's just like, here I am, I, I, take things, I take life a little bit. Um, you know, not, not I, like I just, I, I, I don't care as much about what people do. Like there's, a, there's so much benefit to struggle, you know, yeah. and I don't think, I don't think people see that a, a lot.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's something I've learned to enjoy. And I think it was, um, Ray Dalio in his principal's book says, enjoy the struggle. Yeah. Because if you can't enjoy the struggle, then you're never going to get through to the other side and you're never yeah. going to grow.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know what, there's going to be struggle on the other side too. Yeah. It's going exactly gonna be right. It's going to be a different kind of struggle, you know what I mean? So that that's amazing. So you also had a heart attack, you said? Yeah, yeah, pulmonary embolism. I mean, same thing. Yeah. Wow. Um
0: so, yeah, just I'm I'm amazed that you've been able to to go through all of this and do you think do you think others on their journey like the monumental listeners, do you think it 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 makes sense for them to to, to go through that much struggle, to come out the other side, to to come out better? or
1: Hey, you know, I mean, I, I, you, don't, you don't ever intentionally go through the struggle, right? So obviously, you, you're, you don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, how, how can I struggle? That's not really how it goes. What happens is, you know, you're faced with obstacles, with challenges, and with adversity, and you just have to, you, you can't quit, right? Like, uh, I was listening to Ed Milet the other day, and I, I, there's a couple of guys I really follow heavily, You know, there's a lot of guys out there, but I I have like two or three that I really, uh, you know, I I I kind of like that. What they say is uh, applies to me a lot. And he was basically saying that uh, with struggle, like, or or or, sorry, hold on, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, You had asked, oh, the struggle. He was saying basically that God, what was I I had something I was going to say that Ed was talking about, but anyways, I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. But basically, you know, the struggle is important. You you just kind of. Like you take it with oh he was saying here's what he was saying he, there's no sellout price for him, right? That's so ugly, like when, yeah. when you look at struggle, everybody's got it, but some people just sell out, man. Some people are like, hey, look, like you know, I'm gonna sell out at some point. Like the struggle is not worth it, you know. And so you just have to ask yourself in the beginning, are you are you gonna be in it for the long haul and and never sell out or not? Right? It's that simple. And then. And then, and then, Hey man, if you could go, if, if you could do less struggle, then sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But if it takes more struggle, like I, I'm, I'm kind of a believer that everything happens for a reason. Now, whether that be the universe or God or whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But like, I think that everybody that wants to be successful is gifted with something. And I think in order to appreciate that gift that you've got to, everybody has to go through a different amount of struggle to get to the appreciation phase. And to understand why that struggle happened. And some people, my belief is that some people are just, it, you got they got to struggle more because it's got to be beaten out of them. Like they got to, they're, yeah. they're so freaking tough and they're so whatever that like me, you, you just had to beat it out of me, man. If I wouldn't have struggled this hard, I'd have never gotten to where I'm at. I, I had to get just beaten up to, yeah. to, to get to a point where I, I finally realized, hey, that that had to happen, you know.
0: Yeah. And I, I love what you said about Ed Milet is like, yeah. you know, some people do have a, a sellout price that they're like, okay, you know, after this, I can't put up with this anymore. I'm, I'm just not willing to keep going and this isn't worth the struggle. Right. And I think that's what differentiates people that really go after big, massive goals and achieve their goals is that they actually are willing to put in the price, willing to put in the struggle, and enjoy the struggle like we were talking about is like, you have to be able to enjoy the tough moments just as much as the great moments if you're going to, to make massive change in the world. Exactly, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, yep. so jumping into real estate, so what, what, how did real estate get started for you and, and tell us about those first couple of years? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I got started in wholesaling. Uh, for those people that don't know what it is, you know, you're just flipping the paper, right? And, um, you know, at 19, I was probably 18 going on 19. I was right there, right? 18, 19. And, um, you know, I got a mentor, right. And, and I found somebody that knew what they were doing. I didn't, I didn't understand the business model. I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, like I was making good money at that last job I was talking about, but I was, you know, I was still spending it all. I mean, I am, I probably had 10 grand or 20 grand in the bank or something like that. But, um, you know, and I had, a, I had like good, nice stuff, you know. I had like a nice car and a nice apartment and nice, nice clothes and stuff. But I just was, you know, I didn't have a lot of liquid cash. But I also didn't have any debt either. So, you know, but anyway, so I, I get into real estate at nineteen, and and um, you know, I, I it took me nine months to close my first wholesale deal. So I'll start with that, right? It didn't, it didn't happen overnight, okay? I could have done it a lot faster. I just, it just took me that long. I, you know, people always ask me why it took you that long. It just did. I don't, you know, I'd have to go back and like really evaluate what was what was really wrong back then. But uh, you know, this is a lot of stuff. But basically after I closed my first wholesale deal, it became real. Right. I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is the real deal. And so I was fired up, man. I was like, look, you know, because, you know, my mind operates like I, I operate at like a hundred X. I'm like, I gotta be, I gotta get yeah. a bird. I got I wanna Gulf Stream before I'm thirty, you know. <clears> and so um, you know, I probably wholesale like a hundred deals, but from like nineteen to twenty. Um, after that first deal. And then what happened was my mentor called me one day and he said, Hey, have you ever thought about getting your real estate license? And I said, no, I've never really thought about it. You know, but I, but I, but I'm always a pretty open-minded person. I wasn't necessarily opposed. I just never thought about it. And so, uh, he's like, well, I tell you what, why don't you go get your real estate license and, uh, and you can start making offers on the MLS. And I said, well, what's the MLS? And he said, well, don't worry about it. Just go get your license. And I said, okay. And so, uh, you know, 12 days later I was licensed. Uh, I did a nine-day crash course, you know, I took my test, I uh, did my fingerprint stuff. And so here I am, I'm a licensed agent. Uh, I'm still wholesaling. And my, my mentor goes, hey, start making offers and I, on the MLS, you know, and using zip forms and all this, this mumbo jumbo. I didn't understand what he was saying. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, just, just figure it out. And so um, I was just winging it, man. I'm like writing these contracts. I've never written them before. And next thing you know, we're doing like, five, 10 deals a month off the MLS, you know, and and then I'm still doing the wholesale and so now I'm 300 deal by 21 or 22. I've done, you know, three, 400 deals, 500, baby, you know, and so um, that's just kind of where it happened, man. And then, you know, I obviously kind of, I branched off, I did some other businesses and, um, you know, fast forward to today, you know, I'm 24 now and uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Super, super blessed for sure.
0: So now you have a whole team with you at, at Zayback Group that yep. is, is all or is everybody on your team? Are they doing wholesaling or are they realtors or or some form of both?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the Zayback Group is uh I just started it about five or six months ago. Um we're a I think we we have like nine agents right now. So, you know, nine agents working for me and uh are working with me. And and so I want to get you know, that'll, that'll scale. I'm kind of taking it easy. I want to lay the foundation. I don't want to scale it too fast and have growth problems. Um, but the, you know, some of them do wholesaling and some of them just do traditional business. And so I have another company called cash for houses and they do all wholesale, but again, like they are two separate entities, but some guys do both. Right. So some guys do the, do do the wholesale and the Zabag group. And then some guys just do one or the other, you know,
0: that's great. So, so how have you, in growing your business and I guess all of your businesses, how have you um, relied on other people and relied on your team to help
1: those businesses grow man I, I tell you what i 've relied really heavily on people um, you know i 'm a pretty firm believer I, I absorb a lot right and I notice little things i 'm very particular and i 'm very uh, observant and over the years i 've just made the assumption that hey the only way you know, I don't want to be a millionaire, right? I'm already there. It's, I want to be hundreds of millions, billions. And then, and then, you know, there's way more than just the finances. But, like, you don't get there without a big team, okay? Nobody. And that's, that's what's a little bit frustrating on social media sometimes. with the, and, and not, you know, like, there's certain industries that are worse than others, like Shopify, Amazon, FBA. I'm a big fan of, of a lot of these online industries. The only challenge is, is they're promoting this whole work from home, in a sweatshirt mentality and you're not going to make a hundred million dollars working from home. Um, you might make a million. Okay. Yeah. You, you might get lucky. You might make a million, you might make 3 million, but you're just not going to have a freaking business, man. You're not, you're, you're, you're yeah. just not going to, it's not, it's not ever going to happen. And so, um, you need people and you need good people and you need a lot of people and you need to treat them right. And you, you got to get your, you got to figure out how to be a leader, right. And how to lead people to the promised land. And so that's what I've done. I've relied really heavily. I got, I got, a 5,000 square foot office I'm sitting in right now in in Scottsdale, Arizona. We just moved into this office space, and I'm running four companies out of here. And we got a lot of people. We got a lot of freaking people, and and we're always getting more people. You know, there's always more people coming onto the team. And uh, my 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 whole thing is I would rather pay. Uh, you know, I I just want good people, right? So like I'll pay people more rather than hiring more people. You see what I mean? But but then I'll hire more people too once I need them. So it's like that fine that fine balance of just, you know, and, and you got to delegate too, man. Like for the entrepreneurs listening, you know, the, the biggest thing that I hear is, hey, I don't want to, I you know, I just like, I, I got to trust somebody else and they have this, they have this trust issue and they think they can do it better and you can do it better. Okay. If you're listening, yeah. that is a fact you, you can for sure do it better. Okay. I can do it better than everybody on my team. And I say that as humbly as I can, but also very, very confidently that I can close better. I'm the best closer on my team. I, I can lead better. I can, I can do the deal better. I, like, I know how to structure the deal. I'm more creative than everybody. Like, yeah. but, but I can't do it all, right? Like At some point, you got to say, hey, if I could find five guys that could do it at 70% of what I could do it at, well, seven times five is 350%. They're doing it 350% of my 100% now. Yep. So, you know, at some point, you just got to let go, right? And you got to be okay with, hey, mistakes are going to get made. Uh, things are going to fall through the cracks. But hey, you just got to, you got to have more balls in the air, right? You got to just be doing more. If you're doing more then it doesn't matter if if a thing falls through the crack every now and then.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I think it's the whole 168 hours thing. It's like, you only have so many hours in a week. And if you're trying to juggle all those balls yourself, and you're trying to push every single project forward yourself, you're just inevitably not going to be able to handle everything or not be able to go at the scale that you want to. And like you said, it's the difference between a millionaire and a and a hundred millionaire is like they know how to delegate, they know how to grow and empower people around them to make
1: decisions on their own and and be their own leaders within the company. Exactly. You couldn't have hit it. You I mean it's just perfect. It's exactly what it's a hundred percent true. And um, and that I think if people could figure that out early on, they would have, they would really like you know and and by the way you hear you know people are naive cuz you hear everybody talking about it okay you know grant cardone's like hey man at 45 he had one employee he's like it's the biggest mistake he's ever made was yeah. not thinking bigger not thinking bigger sooner so you know stop doing it then if everybody on here's like if you got one employee right now like I, what i've done and this this is a little bit it just it, you got to really know what you're doing but like i'll i'll spend money before i have it and make it, and then I'll go make more money, right? Because I have to now. So like I'll hire, so I'll, like I'll get a bigger office before I need it because now I'm forced to grow the company. Yeah. Not the other way around. See, a lot of people, wait, they wait until they outgrow before they get bigger and better. I do it the opposite. I just like, I'm like, hey, we're, I can see it's about to happen. I'm just going to make the jump and then we're just going to force it to happen. It's got to happen. I have to make yeah. it happen, right? And I've always done it that way, man. I've always done it that way.
0: Austin, the, the ready, fire, aim guy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you're committing. You're like jumping in the deep end, like and still learning how to swim when you're jumping. Like, you know, you're moving forward constantly, and I think that's that's powerful. And that's also you're you're just doubling down on yourself. You're doubling down on your company. You're doubling down
1: on the people that you hire. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, dude? It's just you have belief and conviction, right? Because once you've sold yourself, Evan, on on the fact that whatever the goal is. Then, if you, if you truly don't have a sellout price, like if you really don't have a sellout price, like you, you know, then, then, then why wouldn't you? Because it, it, you can't fail. You see what I mean? It's not possible, right? See, people get this whole thing confused. It, it, see, the only way you can fail is if you have a sellout price, right? right? Because yeah. if you don't have it, I'm going to figure it out, dude, whether it's real estate or the stock market. Or or but or, we're or, or flipping freaking cars. I'm gonna get to the damn goal. It's gonna happen I don't care how many times I fail I don't care how many you take away the Instagram the car the the computer the house the phone that the sunglasses and I'm gonna Tomorrow morning. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna figure it out right and so because it's just there it, it doesn't failure is not an option right and so so why not, right? Why not spend the money? Hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, everyone's like, well, you gotta save, no, no, you don't gotta save anything, you know? Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at, you know, but, but again, that's my opinion and, uh, and I'm fully committed to the goal, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, you know, the over 50 people we've had on here, all successful entrepreneurs and leaders, I mean, that seems to be a recurring theme is like a commitment above all else and knowing that I'm never going to give up And that really, that really separates those that really want to get after it and make massive monumental change in the world. And, and those that are okay with, you know, mediocre change or, or just a little bit of change. So, um, so I, I commend you for that. I mean, that's, that, that is what it takes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. Yep.
0: So you mentioned Instagram and that's, that's kind of how we connected. Um, what is that? What has that done for your business?
1: Uh, uh, you can't put a uh, there is no ROI visible yeah. so a lot of I get this every day so people people are always like hey man so we own a, I own a marketing company right and for a long time we did we helped people grow on Instagram we, we, we do a lot of other stuff now so it's not our primary focus anymore but we still do it um, but you know people people would always be like hey man I'm gonna give you five grand or ten grand and you're gonna get me to to, to blank goal okay X 100,000, 200, 300,000 followers, we're going to get your content there. You know, we're going we're gonna to film a bunch of videos, blah, 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 right? And they're like, first thing everybody always asks me. And it's the first telltale sign of, of they, they just don't understand. They don't get it. And they're not thinking big enough on any level. And the question is, what's the ROI, right? If I give you five, what am I going to get back? And I just hate that question, man. I'm like, I'm like you, you already, you're already, you've already lost the game. Here's the thing. What is the ROI? I'll explain. So like I met my, one of my business partners, Austin Lewis, okay, on Instagram three and a half years ago. He, he DM'd me, okay? We meet up, we get coffee, and, and we become ultimately, you know, nobody would have known. But fast forward to today, we're roommates, okay? We live together. We've lived together for two and a half or three years, and we've started nine companies together, okay? Now, who, who's to say that I'm, when I'm 50 years old, he calls me, And he says, Hey dude, I got a I got a a trillion dollar idea. Like let's create SpaceX, okay, let's create Tesla. Let's create blank, right? Now and and all of a sudden we make eighty billion dollars. Like I don't know, like that's what I think, right? That's what that's where my mind's at. What's the ROI on that? How how so basically what I'm saying is until the day that you die, until you're laying in your deathbed, you can't there is you can't determine what the ROI is on social media. You can't right because it's never been done before you can't look at the history books like this is all brand new nobody knows mark zuckerberg doesn't even know elon musk doesn't know they're still trying to figure out if ai is going to take over and 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 if we're going to merge humans are going to merge with ai or if they're going to you know if they're going to take us out and so you know nobody really knows but um that's kind of where my my so to answer your question i mean a hundred a hundred x a thousand x i mean i have more relationships and more people in my life from social media then that, I, I don't know. I mean, what, like the, the beautiful thing about uh, opportunity cost is you really don't ever know what the other version would look like. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: Uh, so, the alternate universe.
1: Yeah, it's, it's necessary though, right? Uh, if it was me and I was doing it over again, I'd have done it even faster. I'd have put more money into it and I'd have done it even faster. I'm regretting not going harder, faster. Like now, I'm looking at my team. I have two full-time videographers. Wow. I, have two, I have two cameras filming me filming right now, right? And so, um, you know, the bottom line is I, I'm looking at my team every day. I'm like, how do we do it faster, bigger, stronger, better? We got to get three, 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. We got to have a million followers on Instagram. Like, yeah. it, it got, more people have got to know who we are, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. and honestly, I, I could not agree with you more. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm like, I'm like, damn, like I've only committed to Instagram for about a year and a half now. And it just, it's blown up my business. It's blown up my partners, my relationship, my network, uh, my investors. It's, it's amazing to me what you can do with real estate. And you're right. It, it, you cannot calculate it because there's so many ways, like, like us connecting right now, who knows what we're going to do, right. you know, two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, like yeah. we could, we could be doing multifamily deals yeah. all over the country. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah, we get, we get in 10,000 units. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what's that worth, right? What's that? And, and that's what people don't get. But a lot of people that say that aren't using it the right way, right? They're, they're, and, and so you got to figure out how do you, because here's the thing too, you know, you'll see the meme anytime Instagram's doing like an update or something, everybody's like, oh my God, can you imagine the influencers right now? You know, they're they're shitting bricks. But the real influencers are taking those relationships off of social media. Yeah. So, so Instagram is irrelevant, right? The platform becomes irrelevant. It's just <laughs> an, a means to an end because... That I now, after this podcast, I'm going to put your cell phone number in my cell phone, and then at some point I'm going to fly to Tennessee and I'm going to shake your hand. And so, if Instagram goes away tomorrow, dude, we're we we're, we're connected now. Yeah. Right. And so you just have to figure out how to use it better. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I a thousand percent agree. I've told everybody. I'm like two things. I'm like, to, in order to build your platform, build your audience. You need to be big on Instagram or social media in general um, and, and, and add value to people's lives and be able to connect with people. And then the other thing is create a podcast. That's something that I've, I've told everybody. I'm like, that is a platform. It's a long form platform where you get to connect with awesome people like yourself and, and be able to help others for free and grow a massive network and a thought leadership platform out of it and be able to enhance that with your Instagram or your social
1: media network. Yeah, exactly. I I love it. I love it. It's so true.
0: So so tell me a little bit about, I mean, I'm like in my infancy of Instagram growth. And so I'd love to learn about how you scaled your social media following and and your
1: network um, through social media. Yeah, you know, it's a bit complicated. The the main, the biggest way to do it right now is like celebrity-based giveaways and shout outs. You know, a lot of people are doing that. You can do a lot of big like collaborations. Collaborations are really big when you start to get bigger. But again, you know, like, keep it simple, Consi- be consistent, provide value, like you said, and just do it, man. Like, at some point, you're going to bump shoulders with somebody that's got the secret formula like myself. And when, we're, when, when I'm not on a podcast, I'll, I'll say, hey, look, man, for, for X amount of dollars, we can do whatever you need to do. You know what I mean? And that's the reality of the world that we live in. And, and I don't, you know, to be honest with you, whether people like that or not, it's like, look, then, then don't do it but like it's like saying a gun is good or bad it's like look it's just a gun right it just depends on who you give it to okay mm-hmm. so so you know um it's the same thing with social media and you just have to you know there there are ways okay to crack the code it does cost money and, and a decent amount of it and everybody big is doing it okay Donald Trump's doing it uh, Dwayne Johnson's doing it you know Justin Bieber Kylie Jenner Grant Cardone Gary Vaynerchuk Ed Milette, Lewis Howes Okay. They're all doing it. I've seen them do it. I've worked with them on doing it. They have paid me to help them do it. And so, um, you know, it's just, are you going to do it or aren't you going to do it? Are you going to get, get committed to the goal and do whatever it takes to get big? Or are you going to sit there with, with two or 3000 followers and watch everybody else do it? You know? Yeah. And so that's kind of my thing, right? It's just, is, 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 you know, yeah. I mean, you just got to make it happen.
0: Yeah. Make it happen and, and commit. Mm-hmm. So what about, I mean, you said you have two videographers with you right now. What is, what is that commitment take as far as videographers, editors, content creators?
1: Yeah. So uh, two full-time videographers right now, they do their own editing. I am in the process right now of hiring a full-time editor. Um, that way they can just be with me because the, the challenge that I've been running into lately is, you know, uh, sometimes they'll be uh, editing when, when they could have been filming and I was doing something yeah. really cool
0: right it's yeah. like
1: like uh, my life is so random so like you know uh this is a big office we're in and we have we're, we're decent on social media so like throughout the day people will just walk into this office and 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 i'll just start like spitting knowledge out of out of the freaking <laughs> blue
0: dropping and if, bombs
1: yeah and if you're not ready to click record you're gonna miss yeah. it right yeah. and, and every time that happens man i look at my videographer i'm like dude we should have got that on video man like yeah. you know or i'll get these random thoughts but they only last like a split second I, you know, like I'll get a thought and I'm like, Hey, we got to do this right now. But if if they got to go put their battery in their camera and turn the mic on, we, it's already over with, it's done. It's not going to happen. You know, I, I'm already, I already went in the zone and came back out of the zone and now I'm in a different zone. You know, I mean, I'm like, (laughs) I gotta, I gotta do something else. And so I'm very, I'm very quick on my feet, but yeah, you know, you got to get content creators. Okay. So, um, you know, and, and, and whether, whether some of it's planned, some of it's unplanned, uh, you know, you're always going to have to figure out that, that, that fine balance. And, and I, I don't got it perfect dude. I like, you know, people look at people that, that, ha, that like, you know, are in the public eye and they always think that like, they have a better or more figured out and it's just not the truth. Okay. You know, all I have mentors that have built, I, I know I'm, I'm really good, good, close personal friends with like four or five billionaires with a B and, um, they don't have it any more figured out than I do. Okay. You know, they're, they're just doing the same thing at a different level. And so every day when I wake up in the morning, I got problems in the organization. There's problems. My videographers are, are, you know, he's sick. He, he, can't, he doesn't feel good. The camera's broken. The mic's broken. The, 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 he edited the video for four hours and, and the damn thing deleted. Yeah. You know, um, and so, you know, we're, we're struggling too, just like everybody else. I look at my Instagram every day and I'm like, we got to, we got, we're not doing enough. We're not doing enough. We're not yeah. doing enough. Every day, I'm almost telling my team every day, we're not doing enough. You know, and so I think that's the main thing to keep in mind is no matter what it looks like, take a step back, do you figure out the plan that works for you and, and just do it, you know, but don't compare, right? Because nobody's got it, no matter what it looks like, nobody's got it really dialed in. Like there's no perfect secret formula. It's just, you just have to do it.
0: Yeah. I love that. It is funny. uh, So I was talking to Johnny, the camera guy, Grant Cardone's. Yeah. (laughs) main main videographer and he's like he's like man he's like we're just getting started he's like we are we want to make grant like global we want to have his image everywhere it's like even even grant who's you know at the like the precipice of of the top image of sales and marketing and entrepreneurship and and even they're saying they're like no we're just getting started like having that mentality of like no we can do so much better
1: well and that's what keeps it I mean, you nailed it right on the head, right? That, I think, is is one of the formulas, okay? So, what a lot of people think is a downfall is it, you just got to look at it differently. So, like, for me, I'm never – I'm just like Grant. I'm just like you, right? I'm never satisfied. I could go buy uh, a helicopter right now and land it on top of this building, and it'd be cool for eight minutes, and then I'd be over it. And I'd be like, dude, we need a faster chopper, you know? So, like – um, <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that fine balance of being, being happy. Okay. Be grateful. Sure. I'm all about that, but don't ever get content and always be pushed. Like it's crazy, man. I I always think I'm not good enough. And, and it's that fine. If you, you just got to know how to use it to fuel you. But like every day when I wake up, I'm like, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good this. I'm not a good that. Now don't get me wrong. I do like I, you know, I do that, the, 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 you know, like the affirmations and stuff too. So I'm not saying to always be hard on yourself, but like, I'm, I'm a really hard critic on myself, right? It's always like, dude, I, that could have been better. This could have been better. It's not good enough. We're not making enough money. We're not doing enough. And, and dude, it's, it's why I'm here. It's why I am where I am. Right. Yeah. Because, because I never settle down. It's never like, oh, we achieved it. We're good. We're, we, we can just chill. It's just, yeah. never good. it's never going to happen. Yeah.
0: You have one goal and then you accomplish it. You're right on to the next one. There's no slowing down. Yeah. So you have, you have multiple successful businesses. Let's just jump into a little bit of like, so you have the wholesaling, uh, the real estate, the ATMs, the social media and marketing. Um, how do you, how do you manage all those different businesses? People?
1: Yeah. People, you gotta have good people. Um, you know, it, again, Tony Robbins, I think owns 57 companies right now. Okay. Uh, I would imagine that the shark tank guys, they own a couple, you know, Damon, John, yeah. Mark Cuban. I, I, I don't know the number, but it's, it's certainly more than four. And so, you know, you've got to have good people and you've got to have a good game plan and you got to, you got to do a lot of meetings. You got to always be on, try to be on the same page. It'll never actually happen, but you, you at least try and, um, you just work hard, man. I, I, you know, I sit in here, uh, in my office, I probably work I probably work 14 or 15 hours a day, seven days a week. I I work harder now than I've ever worked in my whole life. Um, And it's very, it's very, very, very rewarding. It's very, it's very difficult. It's very challenging. There's always one business. that's, it's kind of slacking. Um, But dude, I got five more business ideas in the pipeline right now that I'm working on, you know, like. And, and I'll just hire more people, you know, I'll hire hey. more people. I'll, I'll train them to be good. I'll give them room for growth, room to grow. I'll create multiple rings in the solar system. And, and, um, yeah, you know, I think, I think that that is a common misconception. I think that there's a lot of people out there that, that took, I don't know who said it, but a long time ago, somebody had to have said, Hey, shiny object syndrome, right? Don't have it. Don't do it. Don't do too many things. Don't spread yourself too thin. I think whoever said that was referring to like when you're first getting started, you know, like when you're first in the, when you're a nobody, when you're just like trying to figure out what you want to do, don't yeah. start nine, don't start nine companies. <laughs> that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Okay. But when you already have a couple of successful companies, it's, it's, it's unlimited. Okay. You, you could do, I mean, there, there's no reason you can't have 10 or 15 companies. I mean, I think Grant Cardone has 15 companies right now doing 200 million a year, not including his real estate portfolio. Yep. Right. So it is doable, yeah, but you just gotta have good, people is the answer, you gotta have yeah. people.
0: I love that, I love you were, you were quick on the draw on that too, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about ATMs, I, I literally know nothing, I imagine most of our listeners do not either, I, I'm curious, I'm, I wanna know, what is that business like?
1: Very simple. Way, way simpler than anybody would think it is, um, which is why I'm in it. You know, it's, it, you just buy an ATM, man, and you just buy it outright. A couple grand, two, $3,000 probably. It depends on the ATM. And uh, you just go put it somewhere. You you'd talk to it, like, I mean, it's so freaking simple. It's ridiculous. You, you, you just call 7-Eleven, you, or you walk in there, you say, hey, you know, I noticed you don't have an ATM. And they're like, yeah, I don't. You know, and they're just like, hey, can I put one in? And they're like, well, what does it look and feel like? And you just pitch. It is just like real estate. Everything's negotiable. I mean everything, like the surcharge, who gets what, what the split is, like it's all negotiable, man. Like just what, right? You can do the contract on a freaking napkin, like you know, um, and and you just make money every time somebody pulls out money. You get you you make an, you're making a, it's just residual income, right? And um, yeah, it's really all there is to it. I mean, obviously, we're we're looking at it from a scale. So when I look at the ATM business, I I think to myself, how do I get two thousand ATMs? doing $500 a month in net profit, right? And so, I don't know what the math is on that. 2,000 ATMs doing 500 a month. You, you know, a, mil, a million a month, okay? Yeah. Uh, so, 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 12 million a year. It would probably cost me a 100 grand at the most to run that company a month, okay? So, so, your net, you'd be a 90% net on that and you'd own all the hardware. So, you know, I mean, just do the math, right? Like, it's like, and, and you know, like, Cash is gonna be around for a while, regard in my opinion, Kay, in the lower income areas especially. Um sure the, there's an argument that in ten years, you know, I I I just I'm not in a scarcity mindset. In ten years I'll make so much money it won't matter.
0: Yeah, or you'll be on to the whatever the next form yeah. of ATM is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So what what as far as the logistics, are you owning the machines or are you renting the machines or rent to own yeah. or
1: Okay. Yeah, we own we own all of our machines outright. Yeah.
0: And you buy them directly from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then, as far as getting them refilled with cash, do you hire out a, a another group, or do you all handle yep. that?
1: Uh huh. Yeah, we well, have employee. You have you have employees do it. Yeah, I have employees that do all do all that. I I mean, I fill mine every now and then because it's fun for social media, but um, <laughs> you know, but but now well, not not all the time. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's that sounds really interesting. You're right. I mean, it's it's just like real estate. It's just, and and in a way it really is real estate because you're negotiating for a a spot in front of a a retail center or whatever it
1: is. You own the real estate, right? And so, and then you have a contract. So remember it's the same damn thing. So like I'll go to, I'll go to, uh, and it's just like, it's like, it's like a rental property, dude. You can get that contract to lean in your favor. So freaking heavy. Like I got my contracts, like for any reason whatsoever, I can pull the ATM. Okay. I do not even need to give them like you know, two, two freaking weeks. I'm like, Hey, it's not getting yeah. the numbers I want it to do. I'm pulling it. They can't do anything, dude. Like my ATMs in their joint for five years, like their, their contract's so freaking rock solid. They'd have to go to court. Like it would never happen. So, you know, even if they come get pitched a better offer or something, it's like, dude, you, you're stuck with my ATM and your joint and the customer's going to use it. Right. And so it's real estate. You're going to make that money. It's going to happen every day. People need cash all over the world every freaking day. It's not going anywhere tomorrow. I know that for a fact. And um, dude, there's a lot of money in it. I mean, our average ATM does like three to 500 a month net take home yeah. and, and ATM runs 2,500. So in five months, you make your money back. Okay. Wow. And, and then you're gonna, you're, that thing's going to sit there for another five to 10 years.
0: Wow. That's impressive. And, and do you have to refill them on a weekly basis or how often?
1: just depends on the location and how often it gets used. You know, there are some locations that you might not have to fill it four times a year. You know, there's other locations you're going to have to fill it once a week. You know, I got, I got some ATMs that are doing, like, you know, your dispensaries and stuff, your medical marijuana dispensaries. They'll do, they'll do a quarter of a million dollars a week in, in wow. $20 bills. You know, so, so you're putting some freaking cash into those. Uh, so you're going to fill those more, but, but a, a dispensary will make us five grand a month five to 10 grand a month in net profit on a $2,500 month ATM. So in two weeks, I paid the damn thing off. I mean, like, it's just ridiculous, dude. That's you know? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it really is.
0: That's really cool. So what would somebody do if they wanted to get started in uh, ATM business?
1: Uh, I'm dropping a course. I, I, I wasn't even going to do this, to be honest with you. I, I was kind of torn because I'm like, man, I don't know how many people I want to teach the yeah. freaking business. <laughs> I, I, I want the locations for myself. But, uh, but I decided I got so many people when I started this business that are just like, dude, you gotta teach me, you gotta teach me. And I, I, I saw, there's like a couple other guys on Instagram that were like, that a while ago, they had a course or whatever, but dude, I don't think there was like a 10th of the value that's about to be in the course I'm about to drop. There's like 120 videos in the course I'm dropping right now. Um, you know, about like 10 or 15 hours of content, like just straight, dude, from everything you need to know. So I would just do something like that. You, you could just, I mean, like, it is, like you could go buy an ATM, an ATM and just find a contract online, probably, and and wing it. But like, you know, I would, I would just like get, get a course or have a mentor because there's a lot I've made, I've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, we've, we've, you know, we've done, done some things wrong for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: it's like you said, the way you got into real estate, you found, you found a mentor who'd done it before. So you didn't have to make all the same mistakes he did.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: So I love that. I love all the businesses you're doing. You've, just crushing it at a young age. And I, I can't wait to see the next five businesses you're making.
1: So yeah. uh, keep us posted on that. It, it's, it'll be a lot of fun. It, it'll be a lot of fun. We're really blessed. We're, we're, we're hiring all the time and uh, we're just excited. That's
0: awesome, man. Well, let's jump into our monumental questions. Cool. So what does success mean to you?
1: Abundance in all areas. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, uh, you know, the whole thing, right? figuring out how do you, how do you have abundance everywhere in life? You know, how, how can you take the money and, and do good with it? Okay. If I'm going to, if I'm going to have a billion dollars, look, I mean the most expensive house I'll probably ever live in is, I mean like 10 or 20 million, like pass out. It's just like, it's just stupid. So at some point you have an excess of money. What are you going to do with it? Okay. Whose lives are you going to change? What foundation are you going to start? Right. And then spiritually, you know, what do you believe in how, how level-headed are you? Physically, okay, this is our body. We're, we got to deal with this body for a certain amount of years. Um, you know, so are you going to take care of it, right? And, you know, so just that's that success, okay? You know, I know a lot of people that, 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 you know, they're bodybuilders and they're jacked out of their mind. They're freaking broke, man. They're, they're, they're broke mentally. They're broke financially. You yeah. know, their pre-workout is like they can't afford it, you know? So, and then I know guys that are spiritual, man. They're, they, they, they're like, they're in church seven days a week, you know, when, when it's closed, you know, they're in church and, but like, you know, they're so spiritual that they're not, they're not physically fit. They're, they're financially jacked up. And so they're like, you know, they're, they're, they have faith and I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but you need money. I mean, we live in a world, we live in a, we live in a world where it's a, it's an economy, right? Like, and you got to have money. And so, uh, you know, if, 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 you know, sickness and stuff like that, family stuff, you know, you need, you just need money. And so, you know, figuring out how, how, how can you have it all, uh, understanding you'll never actually have it all. Okay. So you have to understand that too. You're always going to be chasing something that doesn't exist, but that's the definition of, of success to me.
0: Yeah. I love that abundance in all areas. Yeah. Do you have a morning ritual or daily habits?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wake up really early. That's one of my biggest morning rituals. I, I, my internal alarm clock wakes me up before 5am every day at any of to set an alarm. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed. Even nice. if I had a couple of, even if I like had a drink or something the night before, yeah. like I, I, I just wake up, dude. I don't know what it is. Um, that's probably the biggest thing for me. I don't know why, but I, all, I get all my energy in the morning. Like in the morning, I'm just like a freaking idea machine. Like you, I could be like Thomas Edison or something in the morning. Like it's just like, I got so many ideas, I don't even know what to do with it. And so I try to like, you know, kind of leverage that, I guess, and figure out how, how to, you know, like I'll sit in the steam room or the sauna. And I'll try to like, you know, just kind of like meditate or figure out like what, what to do, what to do with the ideas. And um, that's probably the biggest one, you know, get, get, get the, get your, get the hardest things out of the way. That'll be my only other one. So like, you know, every day, everybody has a certain number of of things that they got to do on their to-do list, right? And what a lot of people do is the hardest things that they have to do, they'll, they'll move that to the, to the bottom of their list. And I do the opposite. So I always want to get done the hardest things right away like that that phone call that you don't want to have that price drop like that negotiation yeah. you don't want to do you're not really looking forward to it dude i'm banging yep. that out at 7:30 in the morning i'm like yep. i'm on the phone i'm like yeah this is austin like what you know we, we're price dropping this thing 100 grand take it or leave it you know what i mean like that's yeah. that's the first thing i want to do because i just want to get it over with because yeah. then all of a sudden, the rest of the day is easy it's like dude this is freaking cake And so, uh, you just allows you to deal. Otherwise you you spend so much energy throughout the day thinking about this phone call that you're going to have trying to like plan something that it's not even planable. And now all that energy is gone. You've wasted all that energy and energy is big. You got You got to have it. You got to save your energy if you can and spend it in the right areas.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's like ripping off the band aid. You just, the biggest things, get them done, get them done. Um, okay. So favorite book or book you're currently reading?
1: uh subtle the, mark manson i don't know if i can curse on here but it's a subtle art of not giving a you know blank and so uh that's one of one i've been reading lately i've read it like three or four times believe it or not it's kind of one of those controversial books you got to read it to understand what he's talking about in in detail but you know i've read a lot of books okay right above my computer right here i have a bookshelf and i have probably read i don't know 500 or a thousand books or something and uh, you know, they're all good, right? Your are Napoleon Hills, your Dale Carnegie's, your, you know, all that stuff, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. Okay. Um, I really like this book. It's different than everything, anything I've ever read. It's it's understanding. You eventually get to a point where you gotta you gotta really think about like, does it matter what people think? And then, you know, like it's just the little things in life when you start get like making money, right? It's it's you know, the little things are where, what I get pleasure out of. And so when I read books like that, it's, it really gets me thinking, you know, where am I spending my energy? Who am I giving my energy to? Are they worthy of my energy? You know, do I care too much? Do I not care enough? You know, like, and I think he does a really good job of explaining that.
0: Yeah. I love that. I'll have to add that book to my list. I yeah. still haven't read it.
1: Yeah. It's very good. You, get, yeah, The audio is very good too. If you're ever, if you ever, if you're an audio book kind of guy, it's also very good. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Austin, I had a blast on this episode. I I loved hearing your story, um, all the different businesses, your ups and downs. I mean, this is this is a great episode for our monumental listeners. So thank you again for
1: coming on. I, I appreciate you having me, Evan. It was uh, it was a blast. You're a phenomenal interviewer, and um, I'm excited to to hopefully see see some benefit in the other people in people's lives. You know, to be able to to vividly see that. So it'll be really cool. It'd be cool what what we do over the next few years too. So you just never know. Yeah.
0: I love it. Well, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, where can they reach you?
1: I'm at Austin Zaback on every platform. uh, A-U-S-T-I-N-Z-A-B-A-C-K.
0: Guys, follow him on Instagram. He's crushing it over there. Follow him on all platforms. And if you all enjoyed today's episode, uh, share it on social media, tag Austin, tag me, let us know you're listening. And with that, have a monumental day.